The disciples finish the Passover meal and head to the Mount of Olives for the night. But flames illuminate the darkness, bringing nothing but betrayal. On The Bible Brief. Want more Bible learning content like this? Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Links are in the show notes. The fire crackled as Simon Peter continued to watch and listen, his heart pounding like an ominous drum. He was exhausted and breathless, just trying to make sense of the whirlwind of events that had just transpired. As he stood by the fire, conversations around him whispered accusations of Peter's teacher, the teacher being questioned here at the home of the high priest in Jerusalem. The fire crackled, and Peter went over everything in his mind again. After Jesus had finished speaking to the disciples at the Passover meal in the upper room, they had left that location to go outside of Jerusalem. Jesus and the remaining eleven disciples traversed the city, went across a small valley and a stream, before finally arriving at the Mount of Olives, a place of olive groves that looked over the city of the king. There at the base of the Mount of Olives was a garden called Gethsemane, and there the disciples lingered as Jesus walked away from them to pray. The disciples knew the place, and they'd been there many times before with Jesus. But tonight's gathering had a different tone to it than ever before. This time, as they looked on Jesus, they could see that he was going through profound difficulty and trouble. He had even told a few of them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death, before he bowed his face to the ground in prayer. Soon he prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Something was happening to Jesus in his spirit and in his emotions that manifested even in his sweat. Sweat like drops of blood being squeezed from his body. It was as if Jesus had this enormous weight on him, a cup being poured out on him that threatened to wash him away. And three times he prayed that his father might remove this cup. Yet each time he submitted himself to drinking this cup that the father had given him. Though it was the weight of the world, Jesus chose to bear it because he was serving the father. Peter remembered the face of Jesus as he spoke to them between his prayers. Agony mixed with devotion and love. A face of foreboding for more things to come. A face that suddenly looked into the night, seeing torchlight approaching them from the city. Peter's thoughts were interrupted as a servant girl began to look at him intently by the fire. She studied his face for a moment and then proclaimed to the whole courtyard, this man was also with Jesus. Peter, now suddenly exposed in the house of the high priest of all places, felt immediate shame and alienation. And soon he corrected the girl, saying, Woman, I do not know him. No doubt the whispers in the room continued, now not merely about Jesus, but also about this man with a Galilean accent who claimed he didn't know Jesus at all. 
Surely some wondered why this man was even at the house in the middle of the night. Surely some more began to study the face of Peter as the fire continued crackling. Peter, however, soon returned to his thoughts. The flames of the crowd approached the Garden of Gethsemane, and the disciples immediately recognized the man who was leading them. Judas Iscariot had come, and he'd come with soldiers and an armed crowd. The torchlight flashed across the swords, and these stern faces were coming to Gethsemane for an unknown purpose. But Jesus said this, See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now the betrayer had given the soldiers a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus and at once said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said to Peter, No more of this. Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that my Father has given me? And Jesus touched the servant's ear and healed him. Peter remembered how he felt in that moment, a moment of aggression as he defended his teacher and Messiah, only to be followed by a rebuke from Jesus. Peter knew that the band of armed men had nothing on Jesus, and he knew that this betrayer, Judas, had sold out his rabbi. Though anger boiled as Peter came to the defense of Jesus, his teacher responded to the situation with a reserved calmness, as if he knew exactly how this would all turn out. Peter struggled to understand. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Let the scriptures be fulfilled. And the disciples all left him and fled. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat with the guards. Peter continued to mull on these events in his mind, hoping that somehow he might put together what was happening. Why is Jesus so calm? Why did Judas betray Jesus? Why wouldn't Jesus fight back? Then Peter noticed the faces around the fire were looking at him again. Faces with accusation that soon turned into words questioning the identity of Peter. They said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Peter didn't know what was happening, but association with Jesus certainly wasn't safe at the moment. And Peter clung to his anonymity as a shield from further accusation. Accusation like what was now being thrown at Jesus by witnesses the priests had called against him. Peter was able to catch glimpses at his teacher, and he could tell that the teacher had been beaten badly while he was in custody. Despite no verdict, 
guilt was assumed. This trial was merely a formality. Now, while Jesus was waiting in custody, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against him to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against Jesus, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. With this answer, Jesus surely momentarily sucked the air out of the room. Everyone knew the scripture that he was referring to, and everyone understood the claim that he was making. He was claiming to be the Son of Man, spoken of in Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel saw this in a dream given to him by God. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory in a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Jesus was claiming to be the Son of Man, who would rule over all nations of the world in a kingdom that would never be destroyed. He was claiming to be the Son of God and the Messiah. And though his words were true, the priests were blind to its veracity. The high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. And he asked the council, What is your decision? And they all condemned Jesus as deserving death. Meanwhile, in the courtyard, within eyesight, Peter was getting unwanted attention again. More people looked at him and whispered until finally another said, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. And Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying from their Passover meal, how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. At that meal, Peter had said he would die for Jesus. At Gethsemane, he wielded a sword to protect his master. But here in the courtyard, he had denied his Savior. Not once, not twice, but three times. Guilt and sorrow immediately flooded his heart, and he went out of the courtyard and broke down and wept. Peter's loyalty had given way to cowardice. But there was another watching at the house of the priest, the one who had led this band of soldiers to seize Jesus. He watched as his former teacher was condemned. And those thirty pieces of silver in his pocket suddenly felt like lead weights. Regret took over inside of Judas, and he immediately went to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. 
They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, Judas departed, and he went and hanged himself. The rapid developments of the night were speeding toward a cataclysmic conclusion that none could have seen the prior day. None, perhaps, outside of the king and his enemy. Jesus knew what was about to occur, and in his speech and actions, he was preparing he and his disciples for this sorrowful event. The enemy, Satan, also saw what was coming, as he was using his influence and temptations in the city to further the end that he had sought from the beginning. He'd used silver coins on Judas, pride and envy on the Jewish leaders, and aggression on those soldiers that beat Jesus. The domain of darkness was beginning its full assault on the light of the world. Soon, the sun would rise in the city of the king, and with the light of day would come further darkness. Today was coronation day, and Jesus had a crown of thorns waiting for him. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023